document it how it is because the more authentic you are with that moment that you're documenting, the more it resonates with people. What's going on, guys? My name is Adil Constantine, and this is the Process Mindset Podcast, and I'm here with my co-host, Genki Hagata. And today we have a new episode for you. I know we've been away for a while, but we're back, and that's what matters. Um, Genki, where have you been? <laughs> I mean, I haven't really gone anywhere, not not like you at least, but my microphone has collected quite a bit of dust here and happy to get using it again. Yeah, same here. So actually, my microphone collected a lot of dust and that's because um, my family just, you know, at our new house that we just moved in, uh, we ran into a flooding situation where we had to evacuate and live in a hotel and Airbnb for about, I don't know, six weeks, um, which is a long time. So coming back, there was a lot of demo until now we're dealing with like lots of dust. They call it renovation dust. And apparently mm. it's a thing because yeah. even after everything is done, the dust is still settling like from, from the vents and all that stuff. And uh, right. my wife just recently was looking into like a, apparently there's companies that will come and clean out your vents. Um, so hopefully that would help out with all the dust that we have in our house. <laughs> and she's yeah, tired of for sure. like cleaning and mopping. So, um, but yeah, that's, oh, that's bet. what I've been, man. It's, it's been a headache and it's been a pain. Um, yeah. And that happened like basically like right after we recorded our last podcast episode. And we were like, here we go, we're on a roll, and then, bam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and definitely and made me realize. it's worth noting, too, that it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like rain flooding. It was a plumbing flooding thing, right? Yeah, it was a plumbing flooding, unfortunately. So um, basically, they consider the water is contaminated water. Therefore, uh, anywhere the water touched, like they had to rip out complete and demo so for example like all the walls that were touching the water they had to cut out like two feet from the bottom so you literally you walk into my house and you can see throughout the whole house if you just like duck down and wow <laughs> look between the walls yeah it was it was terrible enough of that enough of that um <laughs> it definitely um made me think about something that i've been you know, I've seen a lot of creators do, and uh, even myself, I've done some of it, um, and I've seen you do that too, which is just documenting um, your journey and what you're going through. Yeah, and absolutely. I feel like most vloggers do that. Um, so tell me about your journey and what you have documented, because I know you've vlogged for what, like a whole year uh, of yeah. daily vlogging? <laughs> so, yeah. So I guess like that's, yeah, the, the daily vlogging documentation thing is, is one of the things that I've documented, right? But I think at least in my adult life and maybe even like early, you know, youth or teenage years that I, I've been documenting different chapters of my life in different ways. Um, and I think that's, I don't know. It's all kind of like built up to vlogging, right? Like there's been like random stints of journaling, um, like photography, um, yep. you know, sketching, all those types of documenting, like what's going on in my life. 
Um, and then like I definitely video obviously is a really good way of capturing things that happen like, you know, I guess in real time so you can watch it back instead of just retelling the story in your own words. Um, but yeah, I think like at different times in my life, like whatever's taking priority or like big things, those all get documented in a different way. And I think mostly it's been either through photos or like journaling or taking notes and that type of thing for me at least. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it, it, you got to find your medium. You got to find what you're good at, um, you know, whether it's, you know, you lean more towards photography or video. You're obviously going to be using your camera to document your journey. But I know there's a lot of people who likes to blog. You know, they like they they're good at writing and um, exactly. documenting their journey through blogging is the way they do it. And some of them, they do maybe audiobooks. I mean. There's there are right. so many ways, <clears throat> but I know for me personally, um, I'm a very visual guy, so I like video, and I do watch. I even like watching a lot of documentaries on Netflix on TV. Um, right, and like historical documentaries. I guess what other kind are there? But <laughs> yeah, there's multiple different documentaries. I I'm huge into. I'm a I'm a foodie guy, and I like to yeah watch a lot of documentaries about food because I like to educate myself on the different diets and, and I've done like multiple different diets, not just for health reasons, but also, you know, for weight loss and all that. <clears throat> and, right. um, but yeah, I've always found those like so motivating, like just watching those documentaries and learning, um, from these people who are, let's say, putting their bodies into these different tests. Um, like my first documentary, to be honest, it was like uh, the guy who did 30 days of eating McDonald's. <clears throat> oh yeah. And he super showed like me, super size me. Thank you. Um, and he just showed how, like how bad it was on his body and how, <clears throat> excuse me, it affected him. And I just find that so motivating. And honestly, like since then, like I stopped eating at McDonald's, um, Right. And it's funny because sometimes I'll cheat and eat from other fast foods, but for some reason McDonald's <laughs> I'll never eat there again. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I think actually looking back at it, that was kind of a a new style of documentary, right? It was kind of yeah. solo filmmaking, if you will. And, you know, who knows if it kind of influenced the top vloggers of our current time, but um it was very much like him in his room, you know, late at night, flipping on that camera and being like, this is how I feel right now. Very much like what we're used to right now on YouTube. Yeah. It's like they, that kind of was, I feel like what started it, it might not have been, but there's so many documentaries after that, that came out that kind of followed that same style. Um, yeah, very much. What kind of documentaries do you watch? Um, you know, like I do catch some of the stuff that's on Netflix, like the nature ones for sure. But I think the ones that I'm really drawn to are the ones that kind of deep dive into subjects. A lot of times that could be historical. Um, okay. Not all the time is it like a visual documentary. I Like the other podcast, Hardcore History, that's like an amazing, I think, form of documentary um, just in an audio format. And I really like that kind of deep dive stuff. But yeah... It, like those the like films the documentary films that are kind of i'm kind of drawn to are usually like one event you know like 
uh, I can't really think of any other example besides like a World War II documentary or <laughs> Vietnam documentary, but those are always like so captivating and however they tell it through the lens of certain characters, you kind of like really get put into the situation and start to learn about like what it is. Like that's, yeah, super interesting to me. Yeah. And then on on the other side, like the ones that I really enjoy that I could watch for hours and hours, like on a marathon is the How It's Made series. You know what I'm talking oh, about? I love those. Yes. Right. <laughs> Talk about like documenting the process, but like those are <laughs> for sure like super captivating. And and many times watching the process of how something's made is more interesting than the final product. Yeah. It, because a lot of times like we use some of these products and we don't even like think about, you know, like, oh, I wonder how this was made, you know, unless it was like super yeah. unique product. But then, like, I will. I remember when I ran into that show, I think I was, like, just sitting on the couch flipping through channels, and it was, like, some really interesting thing on how it's, it was made. I was like, huh. And the next thing I know, I just, like, watched that whole thing. Right. And my, my fingers did not hit the next channel up, you know. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, we, I found that, like, that's a really good show to put on when you're when we're at, like, family gatherings, and we're just, like, all around a TV and have no idea what to put on half the family wants to watch like sports and other people like me don't. So like how it's made is good. Cause everyone just immediately gets into it. They're like, Oh, what? That's how they make surfboards, you know? Or like, <laughs> Oh, that's how potato chips are made. Yeah. It's super it, interesting it, stuff. It also triggers conversations. So it's not like, you know, awkward silence when you have people over. Um, <laughs> that's true. Right. So when you're going through documentaries, um, like how do you pick like what are you looking for when you watch either a documentary or a vlog or somebody documenting their journey Mm. i think it's a little bit different when we're talking about more i guess for lack of a better term like big budget documentaries or like i talked about historical ones right because i feel like the the end goal for most of those or at least the ones that i really enjoy watching is the takeaway needs to be i learned something right and when right. i'm watching some other form of documentation like youtube or someone's vlog it's more about that person's journey and like what's changed since the last time we've checked in right it's a progression uh it's it's more of like a log right it's a vlog so it's like oh i'm i'm interested in this person um however that may have happened right i might have stumbled upon one of their vlogs and then like binge watched a few more so now i'm invested in their life um but watching someone else's documentation usually requires that I have a connection to that person in some way, at least like as an audience member versus like, I, I don't always need to learn something from the person I'm watching. If it's in that format, do you feel the same way about that sort of stuff? Yes. And no, to me, it's like what I look from document documentaries, um, or any kind of documentation, is I'm looking for a value. I'm looking for something to learn. And I mean, yeah, you can argue that value could be entertainment or whatever, but it's usually for me, um, what can I learn from this documentary or from this person who's documenting their journey on YouTube? But do you find that just because, or even that YouTube is like a slower process, that you still need to get value out of each one? Like say if someone was doing vlog every week do you need to get value out of each one or do you skip some and then come back to the ones that are valuable 
like is that kind of what you're looking for for me yes sometimes i i do skip some uh like especially depending um on the title and maybe i'll watch the first you know 30 second teaser to see uh what they're bringing in this um in this episode or whatnot um because honestly like to me sometimes i if it's just this person documenting their day going to the grocery store and coming back you know <laughs> sounds like my vlogs <laughs> no <laughs> i think you deliver you deliver uh, a good message in your vlogs even if you're going to the grocery store and coming back because um, usually you're running to the grocery store i'm like man i need to start right. running more <laughs> um so I do sometimes skip unless, you know, I'm just in the mood where like, oh, there's nothing much to watch. I'm, I don't want to like exhaust my brain. It's been a long day at work or something like that. I'll be just like, yeah, I'm just going to catch up, see how they're doing. But usually right. there's some kind of a value in, in the vlog. Um, at least a good vlogger, I feel like they bring a value in their vlogs um, as they're documenting their life or their journey, whatever you right. want to call it. It could be right. entertainment. It could be um, something you're learning. Uh, it could be just informational. Um, so you, you bring up kind of a good point. And I, this is something that I hear a lot from people like Gary Vee who are saying, if you, if you want to create but you don't know what to create, just document, right? Like we, I think we hear that a lot if you're kind of in that circle of like wanting to be a content creator or YouTuber or whatever. But when you're someone who just wants to document to create like where's that balance of like self-documentation versus trying to give value to your audience like someone like you who expects value out of a vlog i think you're delivering value in both cases it's just one is for you and the other value is for others so like for yeah. example, me documenting our adoption journey on YouTube, it was mostly for me to show my son, you know, um, or at the time, like the baby that I'm adopting, because, you know, you don't know who you're going to be adopting, um, <laughs> just so they have that record to go back and watch our journey and, you know, yeah. what we went through and all that stuff. But then at the same time, so that was my goal out of that. But also by sharing it and putting it on YouTube, it's basically putting a light on adoption to others and probably inspire others to adopt. And, you know, other people who are adopting and watch this and let's say they're going through some kind of the same struggle that we went through. It makes them feel like, you know, oh, this is normal. You know, it's not just us. So they feel right. relatable to the content that I'm putting out, um, which yeah. really I think that's a powerful thing about YouTube is being able to find other people in the same situation as you, right? Like you Correct. probably won't find your same story on TV, right? Cause that, like, that's just not mainstream media, but on YouTube, you could find someone in a very similar situation to kind of, um, align with. Exactly. And, and most, you know, YouTubers and YouTube gurus will tell you, one of the most um, valuable thing about YouTube and why you should share there is because it's like the biggest search engine, you know, obviously after Google, um, because it is owned by Google. So it does make right. it easier for somebody to find your stuff and they can just type in adoption journey or what does it take to adopt? And like, 
you know, a bunch of these channels will show up and including mine or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's documenting your journey. It's really not only good for you, but also good for others to, you know, to influence, to, uh, for others to connect with you. Um, and I lost my train of thought on that one. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> Well, I think you, you, you touched on a, a little bit of a subject, right, that I kind of want to expand upon is like when you're, when you're documenting for yourself, the value is for you. And I talk about that a lot with why I vlog and it's the same, like why I journaled. Um, they don't necessarily need to be public because I'm creating them for myself or for me to look back on or for like my, my close network of friends and family to look back on. Um, and the other side of that, like self value isn't just to like look back, but also to gain experience in something that you're like interested in or enthusiastic about. So, you know, I'd consider myself an enthusiast for video or photo or writing. I'm not, you know, I'm not really a professional in that field, but it's something that I really enjoy doing. And by documenting for myself, I'm gaining experience and getting better at doing it. And like, I get value out of just doing it like getting value out of the process of documenting and i think Absolutely. that's really important um and like for the the people who like think they want to be filmmakers it could be anything it doesn't need to be filmmaking um right i always use cooking as an example like for the people who think they want to be a chef if you're not spending time like practicing and like documenting your your practice and your learning of like becoming what you think you want to be you're, you're not really gaining that experience to find out whether you actually like it or not does that make sense yeah so yeah absolutely yeah so um, i think it's like a good a good way it's kind of like testing your major in college right like trying to pick your major <laughs> yeah it is true <laughs> um and i also think like it's it's very important to another like um value you get from documenting your journey is basically looking back and see where you started um because a lot of times, Absolutely. no matter what journey you're in, you know, um, whether that's weight loss or, you know, learning how to cook and all that, it's you're going to sometimes hit roadblocks and you're going to like, let's say, start doubting yourself. Like, should I even continue with this? But by mm -hmm. having those records to go back to and like, you know what? No, I can't quit right now. Look where I was started and look how far I've gone, you know it doesn't make sense for me to quit right now. And it's just kind of like, it, it gives you that, yeah. you know, that reminder of where you were and where you are now, which will motivate you to kind of keep going in your journey. Yeah. I'm super, I'm super glad you brought up the like documentation as historical data, because for me, um, I've documented all kinds of things like weight loss and fitness and that. And I don't find it as much as a motivator to look back on that data, but what I really enjoy doing is finding patterns in what made me successful at my most successful times, right? So, it, you know, it's not like I'm documenting videos of what I was eating every day, but if I have a nutrition log and I'm like, all right, I was super fit in like 2017, what was I eating? I can like go back yeah. and look at what I was eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and be like, oh, I completely forgot about that quinoa salad or whatever it is, right? <laughs> yeah. And I can like start to find those patterns um, and kind of reincorporate that into my life. And that's the same with, with anything that you keep track of. Um, and I find that to be very beneficial. Yeah, and I remember watching one of your vlogs where you talk about Strava and 
because you yeah. use it as as historical data to go back and yep. see some of those marathons um, and the trainings that you did, you know, last year or the year before that. <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm such a data nerd when it comes to fitness. Like, <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like it, that's again, like I could talk about that. Um, and I've done a talk on this too, is like logging all the data because not only do I know like what training I was doing, I know what I was eating, like I just said, but I also know like how many hours I ate before I trained and all of those little details that like right now I'm not that fit, but I can go back and be like, all right, what did it take to be successful for my body? And I have that data to look back on. And that's like I already said, it's super beneficial and it kind of like shortcuts you back into a successful routine. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so speaking of, you know, watching, uh, people on YouTube and I'm just curious, who do you watch? Like, um, whose journey are you watching? Hmm. just to that's, get some, <laughs> some ideas that's that's a tough one right like because i i don't generally consume a lot of people's content and i don't really um follow that many people on youtube but like you said i kind of check in with my friends mm-hmm. um and i think the people that i know in real life are the ones that i'm really um i'm really like invested in in their personal journey and their personal stories so when i get that notification bell for those those friends like you and felix and I'm like immediately jumping on um, and checking out their videos. Um, but uh, when it comes to like super famous people, like like celebrities that you would like follow on Twitter or in magazines, I don't do any of that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, it's to me, it, it depends like what I'm into. Like I said, I watch um, a bunch of different vloggers and YouTubers and most of the time I really just enjoy watching them grow on YouTube. Um, like, yeah, that's true. You know, like whenever I discover a new YouTuber, um, I usually, you know, start out by going to their oldest videos because I like to see <laughs> where, how, how they were when they first started. Um, right. Because that kind of also gives me some, idea of where they started you know what kind of quality of videos they used to make um and then i'll watch their new stuff now and just to kind of see that that you know that improvement that progress um yeah how they improved throughout all these videos and throughout this whole time um so i mean i've I've watched that I find that like that comparison of before and after, like you said, on YouTube to be super interesting, but also in music, when you find like independent artists who are starting out and you're like, yeah, I kind of like this. And then you check back in on them every year or you go back and look at their old stuff and you're like, wow, they've come a long way. Yeah. Yeah. And so like when I started on YouTube, um, I started as like a, just a, a gaming channel, you know, I was recording my gameplays and all that. Um, and I know later on I switched my, the type of channel and the type of content I create. I went from that to like strictly just vlogging. Um, and at the time I was contemplating a lot about basically removing all of the gaming videos because I wanted to be, you know, like my channel just have all the vlogs because I wanted it to be a vlogging channel. But then I decided not to because I'm like, one day I want to go back and see those old gaming videos like to me what i right. have right now on youtube is a good historical data to kind of go back and see mm-hmm. where i started um 
same thing yeah. right now with with my music journey like so um as i've you know mentioned before i used to play music and all that uh, but i never like published stuff um and like i've put stuff on soundcloud but it was mostly like for me so i don't lose the stuff i was using it as a like a, a backup cloud uh, <laughs> but then like just recently i published one of my old tracks uh, mostly for that reason like i don't think it's the greatest track ever like i think it's it's, it's just all right i don't think it's like mm -hmm. that amazing but i wanted to put it there because again i want people to see the progression you know especially now that i'm putting more effort into my musical skills and learning new skills and all that stuff i want to yeah you know constantly can go back i'm like okay that was good but how can i make it better that was good yeah. you know how can i make it better and just to kind of like use it as data to improve myself yeah that's good i'm glad you're putting that stuff out there the, the, I've seen this thing happen a lot in the different communities that I've been a part of, like as I've kind of progressed as a creative person. Um, but where I see people struggling the most with documenting their process is in like the artist world, right? Like deviant art or whatever sketchboard that you're a part of is that people are really nervous to post their beginning work because they think they suck. Right. And I think, yeah. I think we talked about this before is like their, their um their taste is much better than their current skill level yeah. right um i think that's an ira Gra ira glass thing that comes up a lot but like in in beginning artists especially younger kids they they tend to hide their old work um, or even throw it away and like that makes me really sad because you know i've done that myself We're like oh this sucks i'm just gonna throw it away right. or i don't want to draw something bad in my sketchbook because i don't ever want anyone to look at my sketchbook and think that I was terrible. Right. So you like rip out those pages or <laughs> you just don't draw on your sketchbook. Um, but you know, as I've progressed as an artist and like, as I've seen like some people do online who aren't afraid to post their old work, you, you see that progression. You can look back and be like, Oh yeah. Just like you were saying with music is like, you can see how bad your drawings were before and how well you've progressed. And I think like when you're looking for artists to follow or when you discover an artist being able to see their early work, just like we're talking about with video, but like, musicians and artists of any kind when you see their early work and you can see that progression I, I feel like that kind of humanizes them a little bit more and makes them um more appealing to follow and like at least for me i gravitate more towards those artists who are really open and share all their early work and all their bad work um and like any kind of like sketches or like you know noodling sessions or like this might be really terrible but i'm going to post it on twitter anyway um, you know, like that's kind of how you gain your true fans is by showing, showing the process. Yeah. And because sometimes it like, it, it's, it can be really paralyzing, like, because you're over critiquing yourself, you know? Um, like I know Absolutely. I ran into it like several times, you know, with music and with my, you know, videos on, on YouTube because, mm -hmm. Like watching the Peter McKinnons and the Maddie Hapoyas and Felix Slater and seeing the quality of their videos. And it's like, you know, it's so good. So yeah. a lot of times, like when I record a video or record a vlog and I'm looking at it, I'm like, it's 
because I'm like, it's not as good as them. It's not as good as as the quality because I kept focusing on the quality of the video, the B-roll and all that stuff. Right. And now it's like, I, I, and I can, I can admit to that, that that kind of stopped me from uploading for a while, at least this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. But now I keep trying to remind myself to, they're different. Everybody has their own way of making a video. Um, right. And just because like, I'm thinking my video right now is not that great. You know, it's not, it doesn't have that high quality because it wasn't shot on 120 F, you know, frames per <laughs> second. Um, you know, that, that shouldn't stop me and that we're all different, you know, and yeah, it's a, uh, it's a good reminder. So yeah, just, and we're know, all I at mean, different stages of our journeys, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Those people that you see who are, who, who are crushing it, they're, you know, 10, 15 years into their journey when you might be one or three, right? Exactly. So it's, it's really hard to compare. And I think you've really addressed kind of the dark side of this documentation and just show your crappy work is that you will receive criticism from other people, especially yourself. Um, and it's not always easy to have like crappy work up there, especially if it's like current crappy work, right? It's yeah. easier to say, oh, I did that five years ago. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. But when you just posted it and it's terrible, it's really hard to leave it up there. Yeah. Um, and it's really it hard to even post it in the first place. So it um, is so true. I think that's uh, like <laughs> being tough to dislikes and that sort of thing is, is a whole different topic. But, um, you know, if you can get through that and if you can post your, your stuff no matter what um or you know you don't even have to post it and make it public we already talked about having like your private collection of documentation <laughs> like me with the journaling and that sort of thing um as long as you have it it's going to be beneficial and then if you choose to post it later right like once you're like super awesome you can be like lol look how bad i sucked 10 years ago um it's much easier so yeah i guess you don't have to post everything right away but you should be documenting it anyways I think you should post it right away. It's almost like, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of like going back to daily vlogging, you know, like at the mm -hmm. end of the day, like you're running out of time and you got to go to bed and start all over tomorrow. And you yep. get to, a, you, you know, and it, you're like, you know what, this is crap. And but if you were in daily <laughs> vlogging, <clears throat> you know, you wouldn't probably post it. But because you are, it's like this has to get out. This has to show my progress, you know. So, yeah. And, and that's something I wanted. I'll, I, I, it's like another big topic that I've been thinking about lately is how creating daily is really important no matter what you do. But just like you said, like having that deadline to, to just be done with something and then start fresh the next day, that's, that's really empowering. And, you know, I learned a lot doing the, any number of daily challenges that I've done, but I think that that having a deadline, being able to just leave something the way it is instead of overworking it is, is a really good skill to have. And like, that's a big trap that I think people fall into is that overworking trap where you're like, Oh, it's not good enough. Maybe if I re-record the audio, maybe if I color grade it a little bit more, maybe if I blah, blah, blah. Right. That yeah. happens a lot. Yeah. And I think like truly, if you just focus more on the documenting versus like trying to create, so just mm -hmm. document that moment that you just went through instead of having to, you know, like, oh, how can I take a, a B-roll of this? Or like, how can I write this? 
paragraph better you know it's just just do it just you know document it how it is because the more authentic you are with that moment that you're documenting the more it resonates with people now i'm really curious uh, for all the listeners out there um, are you documenting your journey are you documenting any kind of journey in your life right now um, if so, I think you should tweet at us. Let us know what it is. Um, let us know your your thoughts on this topic. Um, you know, do you believe in documenting? Um, I know a lot of people, they like to, you know, uh, just kind of keep it all to themselves and like um, not necessarily they want to document because a lot of times with documentation, it kind of takes away from other things like, you know, experiencing life versus now spending the time to document it type of thing you know like oh yeah that's a good point yeah and i'd love to know what your definition of documentation is right is it video is it writing is it recording something super curious let us know well that does it for this episode of the process mindset podcast Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you found this podcast enjoyable or valuable in any way, please share it with a friend. And if you happen to be on your phone noodling around or on your computer somewhere near iTunes, do us a favor and please drop us a review in iTunes. It really helps us out and helps other people find our podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Process Mindset. And you can find Adil on both those and all those platforms at Adil Constantine. And you can find me at Genki Hagata. Until next time, enjoy the process.